Hi, I'm Dave, and I'm here with Jake Ellinger on the I'm Glad I Heard That podcast. And today what we're going to be talking about follows up a little bit of what the series that Tony's done on YouTube about bringing Jesus into every relationship. And uh, Jake it has a great story to share with us about what God's been doing in his life, but more importantly, what God's been doing in his life through his workplace. And to get us started, first of all, Jake, let me say th- welcome. Thank you. And um, Jake's been around faith for many years. He's served in so many different areas here in the church. Um, I will leave a few out just because I don't want everyone to be intimidated by the spiritual giant that's next to me. But in in his areas of service, he's been in the children's ministry. He's been currently in the video ministry. Um, You've served in so many different platforms. He also does bike rides, uh, motorcycle rides for uh, people at the church to help uh, just connect people in different ways and so forth. And Jake's been a friend for years of mine. Um, He has raised, him and Debbie have raised four wonderful children who are now helping raise my four wonderful children. So it has been an awesome way to do some life together. So Jake, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Thank you for sharing with us. Um, So, First of all, let's do, since we're going to spend a lot of time talking about uh, what you do as a vocation, what you do as a career, um, kind of share with us, uh, what do you do for a living and how long have you been doing that? I'm a finished carpenter by trade. Okay. Um, I've been doing this over 25 years. Um, does not matter any aspect. Um, it can be commercial, residential, rough, finish, um, displays, uh, museum, it doesn't matter. Okay. So, so you've been doing this kind of work for 25 years. Mm-hmm. You also had a brief stint as a police officer, correct? Very brief, yes. <laughs> yeah, because that was small town policing, right? Yep. I, um, how many were on that force that you worked on? Nine. <laughs> yeah, it was not big. We had uh, all of uh, six square miles. Um, but yeah, it was it was very small. Yeah, very small town. Yeah, I remember you saying, yeah, that wasn't going to work out in the long, long-term game plan. Yep, so that's great. And then... Um, so one of the things is, how did you and Debbie end up here at Faith? Um, well, we had uh, members that were here um, that lived across the street from us at the time. Okay. And they invited us out for ice cream um, mm-hmm. one night. And they said, oh, yeah, by the way, we're just going to make a little stop at this place. And it was here on a Saturday night service. So, yeah, <laughs> nice little bait and switch. <laughs> uh, and our oldest, Madison, at the time was about three. And I remember... Uh, very distinctly the music and I just saw my little girl putting her hands up like everybody else was and I said this is the place oh my gosh yeah so they did a bait and switch and it worked <laughs> it did and we don't encourage that <laughs> but if it happens well worse things have happened I'm sure so great and then uh, when did you guys decide you wanted to get connected more here and what did that look like did you do like a membership class or did you just start with serving or how did this all shake out for you yeah we were we were attending and then uh, you know deb and i were like you know this is really you know what we really like to do and funny story that uh, the day that debbie was taking the membership course here was october 13th 2001 and how i remember that day is the day that i broke my neck how'd you break your neck uh, this was the very first time uh, Debbie entrusted me home alone with the two girls. So next door neighbors having a birthday party for their six-year-old, and they had an inflatable uh, bounce house. And I was in there with the kids, having just a great time, showing them what a great gymnast used to be, and then you know bouncing around, got a little. Someone got close and kind of steals your bounce. When I landed on my head, I felt my chin touch me down here, and I heard a large pop. And everything just kind of went fuzzy and i'm like oh crap you know this is not good um so i said i'll just lay down for a little bit uh long story short i knew that i had earned my trip uh, earned a trip to the hospital um our second daughter laney was not a very easy uh baby at the time so i had to take her with me <laughs> yeah and at uh at no circumstances i told my neighbor do not call debbie i got this you know, so uh, so I had Laney at the hospital with me, um, and you know, X-rays, and because uh, I knew I really wanted to get home because we had a wedding to go to that night. Um, Debbie was pregnant with Peyton, so she bought a new dress, and I didn't want to disappoint her. So um, a little bit further into the evening, we learned that you know, hey, you're spending the night. Um, Doctor said, I'll get him to kick you loose. Hey, what do you do? I'm a carpenter. Oh, well, no, I think I'm gonna do surgery. Uh, 
so that was kind of a weird little switch. This nurse just come along I never saw before. She said, hey, I think you ought to get a second opinion. Okay. So I left AMA against medical advice. Um, I knew a couple people in the medical field. My brother sang uh, a barbershop quartet with the chief cardiologist at Henry Ford. He looked at the film and said, dude, it's broke. You need surgery. It's a double fracture, C6, with a herniated disc between five and six. That's oh. the, basically the same break that Christopher Reeves had. Mm -hmm. um, the wedding I was supposed to go to, friends of ours, uh, she was a doctor as well. I uh, gave it to her colleagues. They said, yeah, you need, you need surgery. This is, okay. this is not good. So Deb and I sat, and we was, uh, that was like on a Saturday, and we started looking into uh, what our options were as far as taking work, time off work, um, what we could do financially, and with annuity and stuff with my pension and, you, and within union, it just, I just couldn't do it. We couldn't do yep. it. So on a Tuesday, um, Tuesday or Wednesday, I gave my dad a call. And I said, hey, we need to, uh, we need to get the boys together and we need to pray. Um, what I mean by that, he has uh, uh, these guys in his life that I call prayer warriors, that as a young man, I remember at 16, these guys would get together and they would, they would have you know, prayer meetings. And I just re distinctly remember how important that was. So when I called him up and uh, he says, well, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll call them up, see if they're, they're up for this. So um, I got a call back on a Thursday and he said, yeah, yeah, we're, we're good to go. Sunday. We're all available. Yep. So be at my place. I said, okay. So I did a three-day fast, the easiest fast I ever had. Um, now, through this week, um, I had to go to work, and I had to tell my foreman that, hey, I, I hurt my neck. And he said, well, I got to lay off. So on a Monday, <laughs> I'm going into work, and I have no job. And as I'm walking out the job site, I see somebody I knew who was a Finnish guy, and I said, hey, you know, where are you working? He goes, I'll talk to that guy. So as I was leaving from one job, I got hired this, that, that minute doing another job. Okay. And at that time, I was taking four IB Pro, I'm sorry, four Vicodin 800 ESs and three ibuprofens at a time just to deal with pain. That was every four hours. I would wake up an hour before I had to go to work take my meds. So when I woke up, I wasn't hurting. So um, fast forward, um, that Sunday morning, uh, I took no meds. And, and those three days, I was reading out of Matthew where it says, uh, you know, Jesus says to the paralytic, pick up your mat and sin no more. Mm -hmm. So that just really, really stuck. So, so those three days go by, I go out and I meet with my dad, Brian and Stan his two, uh, two uh, prayer warrior friends, friends, good friends. And we go out in my dad's uh, property and we had four lawn chairs. We sat out in the field and it was my dad across from me. Stan was to my right, Brian was to my left. And we just started, you know, talking, hey, you know, what happened? Um, you know, I'd, Brian studied the, the spine in college, so he knew how critical, you know, this, yeah. this area was. And the whole time that we were just talking here, you know, um, the back of my neck just starts getting really warm. And then we just started popcorn praying, right? So we're, you know, he prays, I pray. It's just kind of, you know, whatever you just kind of feel. So this is why it's, you know, so important that, that prayer is so important in everyday life. So this whole time that we're praying, my, the back of my neck's getting hotter and hotter. Hmm. So now I could not move my head more than 10 to 15 degrees to the right. It was impossible. Now, to the left was fine. And the more we prayed, you know, and it was just getting really uncomfortable. And then after we're done praying, about 45 minutes or so, it doesn't really, you know, seem like a long time, but when you're just, say, in the zone and you're just praying, it's, there's no, time's not an issue. So, and then when we, when we're done praying, um, they stood up and they had some olive oil and they were going to, uh, you know, Brian and Stan came behind and they were going to you know, take some oil and anoint my neck. Yeah. My dad was in front, hands in my head. And after they're praying and, and they were put the oil on, we prayed again. And we all sat down and they said, well, how do you feel? And I was like, well, I kind of turned my head a little further. And I go, that's a lot, 
lot farther I can go than I could before. But that's not the beauty part of the story. So two weeks later, I have a follow-up appointment. And I go to the doctor, x-rays, MRIs. He looks them all up. He goes, hey, man, everything looks great. Where'd you have your surgery? <laughs> so I said, I gave him the cliff notes of the story I just told you. Yeah. And his response was, and quote, um, 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 well, I'm not saying that miracles don't happen, but I think you should still get the surgery. Yeah. See you, doc. Right. I walked out. So that story has, is, has been um, impactful to say how important prayer is. So especially in my field, you know, I'm in the trades. So you deal with a lot of rough guys. You know, yeah. you deal with, you know, the guys who most of them didn't finish high school. Most of them did not go to college. Some of them did. Mm -hmm. And you deal with guys who what you would say or most society would say, those are men, right? Okay. Yeah, these are the, yeah. the rough and tumbly. You know, alpha male. Alpha yeah. male. Yep. You know, not going to show you my feelings. I'm not going to show you who I am. I'm going to show you by what I say, and, you know, rather than really what's in here. Mm -hmm. So that has always, always stuck with me. And, and knowing that, you know what, why me? You know, sir, there's got to be this, this purpose. And in my field, it goes from job site to job site to job site. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's just the way right. it goes. Yeah. I never had the luxury and I've always wanted that, that, that job, hey, that someone says, I've been there for 30 years. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been here for X amount. Yeah. And I've always wanted that because I wanted to get away from the temptations that I have in the field. Mm -hmm. And so I've always wanted to say, well, you know what? I struggle as a Christian because, well, look who I'm around with, right? I mean, you know, and I, I you know, used that excuse. I could be a better Christian if. Yep. And right. I was, if. I was, if I had a better surroundings, if I had, then I could be yeah. a better Christian. Mm -hmm. And that's something that, that Tom alluded to in the book later in the chapter. And, and it's like that, that part right there really hit me between the eyes and really pierced me because it was like, I thought for, you know, for years, what is he training me for? What is he pruning me to do? I got this job. I got that job. There's always a layoff. There's always a, another job hunt. And I just always felt horrible and said, someone says, hey, you know, hey, how's your job going? You know, it's like, you know, it's like, do you understand my field? It's kind of, you know. Right. It ended. I don't know it, what's coming next. Sometimes that happens. Right. And sometimes you're with a company. Hey, you're still with us, but you're going to go to another location. And... That always, you know, I say shame me, but I was always like, what, I can't hold a job? No, that's not it. It's just kind of the way it works. So that portion, I always thought that, you know, God's pruning me for something. He's just training me for something. Didn't know what, but there was always something out there that I felt that I was always being trained for. You know, my plan, which was my plan, is that, you know, hey, I'll just tough it out out here for a while and maybe when Doug retires or facility engineer, you know, yeah. hey man, maybe I'll get that, 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 that place I was looking for where I could be with my, my church family and I get to be surrounded with Christians and then I, you know, then I can, then I can get there, right? Then I can be a better Christian. Well, last year Doug retires, COVID hits, everything's out the door. Right. Right. So, and then Tom Darby, good friend of mine, um, uh, had finished this book and it, that's the part that really, when I started going through this, yes, it means a little bit more to me. Um, I know the characters in the book. Uh, this mm -hmm. is, uh, um, my dad's in there, uh, Stan's in there, Brian's in there, Tom's in there, all these guys that I knew growing up. Um, and you know, then I understood how important prayer is not just because of what had happened on October 13, 2001, but everyday life. You know, 
in the in the uh, in the workforce here, you know, Tom goes through some phenomenal statistics about. Well, hold on before we get into that because we're going to spend some time talking about this book. A couple things that you said that we're just um want to pause on for a minute because you know so you talk about your work you know tradesmen mm -hmm. and you talk about this idea that like you know the job ends you get laid off you're picking up another job it's very transient mm -hmm. and so forth and um i've known you a long time and uh, you know we we have a real friendship but something that i don't think i ever put together till now was that every time you went through that transition of jobs there's shame you know, it probably, am I going to pick up another job soon enough to keep, you know, the bills paid? Right. So that pressure. Mm -hmm. Those decisions don't get made by you. Those get made by a bunch of other circumstances of like, exactly. you know, yep. right. is my number called up in the union? Am I next on the deck? And where is this all going? Different mm -hmm. things like that. And then, and I think, and this is probably the transformational thing I will talk a little about a little bit more, but like, we all have things that we blame for not following God the way we want to. Exactly. Right? We all have it. It's not fitting in my wheelhouse. I can't do this unless I have that. And excuses, blame, whatever it is, for you, you're saying it's this specific environment. In this environment, these things are present that are temptations for me. Mm -hmm. Right? So if I'm out of that environment, those temptations are going to be dealt with. And sometimes I think that's a that's a real thing. You, I mean, not real, but like for sometimes you do have to get out of it, right? There's certain things you got to flee yeah. from, right? Yep. But it sounds like for this one, God's asking you to learn how to work in that tension, mm -hmm. right? And um, that's, a, that's a real thing that when there are things that are hard for you to, you know, to navigate and to do and to stay away from, and yet they're around you all the different times. Also, every time you change a crew, part of it is like you got to get to know each other. Yep. And there's a couple of paths to getting to know each other, especially in an alpha male trades world, right? Yep. Uh, it's the bar. It's the it, it, let's smoke one down, let's do whatever, and then right. after that, and it's like because when you know the guys, it's easier to get the job done, mm -hmm. right? Because now there's some trust. It's all about and relationships. Jake's, yep. Jake's one of us, and blah blah, and he's good, and all that stuff. And so you can, you, it makes the work easier in some ways, but in, but in some of those easy steps, you got to compromise. You're making a choice to compromise your, your belief and, you know, right. you know, your identity as a follower of God, right. right? And so it's like, so all that's kind of like just playing out for me. So now you want this job, a specific job that will, in your mind, resolve all of these tensions, mm -hmm. right? And then, then we'll be good, Right. Right. Yep. And, and those job sites are, you know, real because, you know, I've built airports, I've built arenas, you know, and, and you know, you have life, life challenging uh, jobs. I mean, you are full harnessed up, 100% tie off. You got to trust these men, you know, they yep. got, and they have to trust you. So yeah. that relationship, you know, is, is you have to get through that really, really quick. And you got to, you got to be able to read that person say, can I work with them? Can I work with them? How can I work with them? Yep. You know, and find that common denominator really quick. Yeah, can I actually trust them? Yeah, and so, so it, you know, not an easy thing to navigate. And so you don't get the job here. COVID changes, you know, that too, right? Mm -hmm. Along with everything yep. else and, and things happen. And I think you, one of the things when my heart got excited when you and I were talking about this, one of the things that you you said was kind of this turning point. And your job didn't change, the trade didn't change, your <laughs> skill set didn't change, but God changed your perspective. Mm -hmm. And that's where this book came in. So kind of walk us through, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this book. It's called Marketplace Missionaries. And I'm, uh, I'm already halfway through it. I just started it the last week. And... Um, this is an incredible read, a lot of great different pieces of information, which we'll, we'll talk about here. But so you read this book and let's start with what did it change your, how did it change your perspective? Well, the second half of that title is Marketplace Missionaries. Where is your coworker going to spend eternity? That's the one, you know, and that was the, that's the other half of that. Not just, you know, the mission field is not 
here in this these four walls the mission field is outside these four walls you know when we leave here that is our mission field where we work and that is tom believes in the marketplace you know the marketplace is where we meet and interchange and talk to people so yep. the marketplace is where we are out and about so for me yeah it's my job site but it's also more than that not just my job site but i've also you also have to realize it's you go out to dinner mm -hmm. you know you go to the store you know and i've you, i wait for those um that's what i like to call you gotta, i gotta go meet up with somebody well who whoever god has me meet up with right okay those little those i met a guy at kroger parking lot you know and we just started talking and within five minutes we we're praying you know he's huh. a believer and it's just that simple we go out my wife and i will go out to dinner and when they bring you your food this is a great thing when they bring you your food you say hey you know what we're about ready to pray is anything we can pray for you about anything we can yeah. bring to the table for i've heard of people doing this and it's just so easy we've had one person in all these times that we've done this we have one person say no Okay. So what that means is you're getting double. <laughs> <laughs> sure, we'll pray for you. No, 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 we got you. You're going to get double. So it's, it's more than just the marketplace, but it's everything. Now, for me, uh, the company I'm currently with, I was hired under, you know, this title to do finished carpentry. Okay. For a year and a half, I was doing commercial rough in the winter. It was just everything not what... I thought I signed up for and I was yes my work was good but my attitude was horrible my heart was black it just just I didn't want I didn't understand it you know there's just why am I here right I was hired I was hired to do this you know my title says this you know started to go back to your identity you know who is my identity my identity in a title is my identity in a in a in a position but it's not what, what and so i wasn't wasn't being a great employee i was just being an employee you know mm -hmm. just go in punch a clock and leave i didn't care you know i didn't understand it and when i started nipping through this book and and started getting into the uh, the latter chapters of this and it started to say hey uh the holy spirit just really kind of pierced me saying, you know what, you're right where you need to be. You know, you understand that, that, uh, that you need to be the light for these guys. I was like, I'm thinking, I don't want to be the light for these guys. <laughs> He's like, you know, this is, that's not me, right? I mean, yeah, I'm good with kids. I like, you know, have a good time. And, and, but one of the things that was uh, very, very uh, important that Tom discusses in the book is that you have to be excellent at what you do in order for your outreach to be effective. Mm. Because you can't be a bad employee and say, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. Right? Mm. I mean, it's just, they're going to say, what are you talking about, dude? You're late almost every day. You're late coming back from work. You, t you know, you're, you, know, you don't get as much done as everybody else. Why am I going to listen to you? Right? Yeah. I mean, you have to be excellent at what you do in order for your outreach to be effective. And you have to be spiritually attractive, right? There was something that was attractive for Kristen for you to say, wow, right? That, that's mm -hmm. the same thing with me, with my wife, Debbie. And you know, yeah, she wore this one dress one Sunday going through the communion line. <laughs> Game on. <laughs> Yep. Similar story to Debbie. I saw her and it's like, yeah, I, I got to talk to that yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. yeah that was, so there is no difference for us as Christians. We have to be spiritually attractive, right? Okay. So we have to be something that says someone like, there's something different about yeah. you know, them, right? I mean, one of the sermons a few months ago where they said first century Christians didn't have iPads or internet. They didn't have printing presses. All they had was them. Mm -hmm. You know, so they they treated people differently. Yep. That's what said. Who? Oh, what's different about those people? Well, they're Christians. Oh, well, it's no different than today's world. So on the job site, you have to be excellent at what you do, and even though you may not like someone or like what they do, you still have to love them.
Okay. You know, and that's 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 the toughest one is I gotta imagine. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I had a job site, right? At the same job site when I finished this book, I gave a little little thumbs up on the last page and I took a picture and I sent it to Tom saying <laughs> loved it, man. Yeah. And and I just really went to town on this. Now I had three atheists on this job site. Three different atheists. Um, and I was like, all right, let's put this to task. Let's see what right. we're here. So, and I learned that, uh, well, there's three of them. And, and one of them was, he didn't like church because he went to his grandma's church and they had to go down while he asked for the kids and listen to this story. And then all they had was this crappy snack at the end of the story. Okay. It wasn't much fun for him. Hmm. All right, I get it. Right. That's, that's, well, it's not like that now, but, uh, okay, I get it. Another guy, um, they say, you know, he just thought, well, the, you know, there is, God is you know, everywhere, man. You know, that, you know, <laughs> yeah. this plan is God, you know, I'm God, the air is God, the bird is God. Right. Okay. Gotcha. And okay. then I had another one who was just the angry atheist, right? Just, you know, just you know, political discussion, he's just way this way, and this is, they do just one. It was just, everything was angry, and we start talking about something, get to see this face start to, you know, change, and just get, just really, um, just really mad. So, I said, all right, this is, this is going to be an interesting one, that's my, that's, that's it, right? So, so I would just talk to the guy, you know, and say, hey man, love your work, man, looks good, and okay. you know, just, you know, just, just love him, because well, he did good work. And it wasn't fake. It was genuine. Yep. He was a skilled guy, um, you know, and I would always look for that common denominator. What could we share? Hey, dude, I like that tool. Did you got a set of those VIX bits yet? Yeah. Which ones you get? You know, find it, okay. you know, find that common denominator. You know, you got to build relationships. It's all about relationships. Everything that we do in life is about relationships, because if you don't have that, how are you going to have that conversation. You know, I think this is one of the things that um, the church nowadays, uh, I, I hope we get better at, but there was a period of time, maybe 60s, 70s, there was the Kennedy method, which is this idea of you were to die tonight, mm -hmm. do you know where you'd spend eternity? Which is a, it's a really good question, right? <laughs> but it was kind of like this, you know, you would knock on a door and you would ask that to a person you've never met before. Well, nowadays, you know, people have just gotten, I think, a lot more honest. And if they don't know who you are and you're getting in their personal life, they're like, goodbye. There's right. no, there is no interest in that, you know. And so what I'm you know, compelled by as reading this book was this idea of, like, one of the things when he talks about how do you, basically, how do you actually, you know, do this? I'm like, okay, let's see what he says, right? You know, because we're going to have this complicated eight-point strategy with this method and so forth, you know, that those things can tend to get manipulated pretty easy. Um, this is what he says on page 20 of the book. As I prayed about the best way to conduct a workplace ministry, and again, we're starting with prayer here, right? Mm -hmm. I felt that God revealed to me that I was to love my neighbor as myself. And this is what he said. Be kind, care about those I work with, and build relationships with them. Be kind, care about people, and try to build a relationship with them. I believe he would open doors for conversations and take care of the rest. And when I read that, what I absolutely loved about this idea is, I'm, I'm a big fan of being human, right? Of like being a normal person. Mm -hmm. And so this is normal. And that God is going to handle that. All I have to do is just take care of it, love my neighbors myself by being kind and caring for those people I work with. And you, and with guys, I think we we miss this a lot. Um, typically, we really care about our, our careers. We care about our work. We, you know, there's a pride element to it. And when you stop and you say to that guy, hey, you really did it. That's great there. How'd you, how'd you set that corner so it laid out that way, right? Like whatever it is, mm -hmm. and let the guys start talking. It's like, you know, now you're showing interest in them. You're, you're, you're patting them on the back on something that they've worked very hard to develop that skill. How did that change the relationship with that, the angry guy? Uh, the angry guy, um, uh, his name was Josh. And I don't know his last name, that's irrelevant. 
Um, but I've always, I've always, uh, you know, would have a conversation with them and, and I'd throw a little, little something in here and say, hey man, God, God's giving me a good day. Ah, that's nothing. You know, you'd give a little, little, little throwback. Um, and, but, uh, there was one day we were working down the hall from each other and it was just him and I, you know, a good 30 feet apart or so. So we've had, uh, some minor discussion. He was clearly here and yep. did not want to uh, go any further. So I just walked up to him one day and he was a final liar. I said, Hey, I said, I ask you a question. He goes, yeah. I said, uh, what happens when we die? And he so looked, you went for the jugular. And I didn't even know until this Kennedy method, you know, right. until right now. But he said, I don't know. I said, hmm, okay. And I walked away and went back to my work place. <laughs> Leave him hungry, yeah. right? You don't want to give him everything. Just, right, yeah. <laughs> if he comes down that ladder and asks, and yeah. then we'll have a conversation. Not 15 minutes later, he's walking by <laughs> me. And... He goes, well, I was raised Lutheran, you know. And he starts walking away. I go, hey, which one? What do you mean? A couple of, there's a couple of flavors. <laughs> yeah. Right? So, so I kind of rattled it off. And he goes, well, what's the difference? I go, okay, um, put this in most simplistic form. I know. <laughs> like, how can I okay, <laughs> robe not fun, non-robe fun, you know. <laughs> yeah, like, all right. You so know, that's where you drew your life. Okay. You know, so I kind of, you know, seeing where he's at and. And, and one of the things he says, you know, one thing about all you Christians and he goes, he just, he just goes, you're just, you're all effing delusional. And I go, hmm. So I stepped into him a little bit further and I said, well, one thing I've learned about, you know, atheists is that they've all been hurt. They've all been abandoned, abused, left out. Which one was it for you? And he got mad, walked away. What do you do? Yeah. So, um, I've seen him on that job site, you know, a month back, but I haven't seen him since. And, you know, it's not our job. And then there's another conversation I had. He says, you know, I was about 15 when, when I discovered all this stuff was just BS. All of it. I said, you know, the you know, church is nothing but a social group, a bunch of cliques. And I started thinking back, okay. Clicks. <laughs> left he, out. He's left out. Yeah. And so he was back on the job site about a month later. said, hey, did you ever ask that question? What are you talking about? Did you ask God? If all this was just a bunch of BS, you could say it. It's what you feel. He's not offended. Ask him. Ask him if all this is BS. And what did he say? I don't know, you, you, I know what you're doing. You can't save me. Quit trying to save me. I said, I'm not, I can't do that. You know this, you know that. I can't save you and I'm not trying to save you. I can't do it. Mm -hmm. I said, you know this. Cause he did know scripture. Yeah, there's a background there. And yep, yep. He just grew up in okay. it. And you know, that, that was a real um, interesting job site. Because it's all, again, it's all about relationship. I, I'll see him on another job set, I'm sure, someday. And I'll be just as loving And because he's a good carpenter. You know, you have to find that common denominator. Like we were saying, you got to be able to get this job done with whoever you're given. And it's your job to see their attributes and their shortcomings and put them in the right places in order to get this job done. So... I'm sure I'll see him again. And if not, I won't. Yeah, and that's a, you know, when we talk about leaving it up to God, it's like, you know, what does Paul say? You know, this person waters, this per you know, sows, waters, plants, like all these things. And then someone gets to experience the harvest. And, you know, and this idea that God is working in all those conversations. And, and so for you now, as you're going to a job that, you know, a year and a half ago, you weren't thrilled about. Mm -hmm. You know, um, kind of dead end, not what you want. I'm just going to grind it out. Um, and now that your attitude's changed, what is it like going to work every day? I love it. Not that I like going up, going to work, mm -hmm. but I always look for that appointment. You know, look for that. Look for that. I got to go meet up with somebody. You know, Friday at, you know, 15 minutes to quitting time. 
you know, I see this guy on a job site. And I was filling out my report on my iPad and he goes, hey, you need one of those things. I go, oh, yeah, it makes it a lot easier. Small talk, small talk, homeschool, hey, we homeschool. And this guy just starts opening up. Mm. You know, three years ago, he tried hanging himself. He's got five kids. He, you know, couldn't take it. You know, he didn't like the society where, where things are going. And, and he said he woke up, with the, you know, from the ground with the rope broke and he had dirt on his face. And at this point, he knew that there was something for him. Oh, my now, gosh. He didn't necessarily, wouldn't really say he didn't like going to church because, you know, his mom used it as a blanket. Didn't know what that meant. And he just kind of, you know, starts in what, when you're having this, I don't like the word witnessing. Um, I like the term having a conversation about Jesus, because when you do that, you take religion out of it, right? You're not taking the Catholic, Lutheran, Methodist, you're you're eliminating that. You're instead of a division, you're finding a unity, you know, let's have a conversation about Jesus. And when you are having that conversation about Jesus, you have to understand you need to be praying in your head immediately. Now, angels travel at the speed of thought. Now, Mm -hmm. let that sink in. When you're talking to somebody, you know, God gave you two ears and one mouth, so you listen twice as much as you talk, Mm -hmm. right? And you're here to listen where this person's at. And while they're talking, you're praying and saying, all right, just, you know, and you're kind of looking past that person. You're looking through them so you can pray, you know, who am I dealing with? What am I dealing with? Why? You know, so you and, and really when part of the thing that uh, in, in, in the book where uh, there's a guy who has a, a saying on the back of his wall that says, when you do God's work, God's way, he will never lack provision for you to mm-hmm. do it. So God would not send you out into a battle without training and weaponry, right? He's just not going to send you out there. So when you're talking to that person, you have to be praying immediately in your head and you're listening for those words. And what you're doing is you're letting the Holy Spirit, who is our action guy, he is our go-to person. He's the one that makes things happen. And why prayer is so important is nothing happens in this physical world unless it happens in the spiritual world first. So we pray to invoke the Holy Spirit to go to work. Show us who we need to meet up with. Show us what we're supposed to do. Let us hear what we're supposed to hear so we can say what we need to say. And that's it. And that's exactly like kind of the series that Tony's done on on the YouTubes about this idea of spiritual conversations. And today, you know, what are we talking about in church, right? He's, he's talking about this idea of listening, mm-hmm. you know, and, and hearing that. And, you know, one of the things that I find fascinating is, you know, you said, the guy says, you know, my mom used church as a blanket. And you said, I don't know what that meant. And you just kept on going. I mean, that really shows that you're just being in the moment. Because, you know, if I'm like talking, about, wait, 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 hold on. What does that mean, right? And it's like, and that's probably not what the conversation needed to be about, you mm-hmm. know, about like why his mom, what does the blanket and church and all that stuff mean? We don't need to get into a debate. And I think, I think part of the reason why I'm always tempted in the debate is because if I don't say anything, then that person might think I agree 100% with everything they're saying. Mm. And what they're saying isn't the things that I know to be true, even though... There's very few things I know to be true. That's what I've learned as I've gotten older, right? And like I go through all these things and it's like, great. And so now I'm not even present in this conversation because I'm like, well, they said this about that. And like, that's really not a great, you know, and say, to shut up, right? I mean, that's one of the things that, that's probably hard. You and I are very extroverted guys. You mm-hmm. know, we, we could talk to anyone about anything. By that meaning, we'll just talk. Right. Whether or not they listen, <laughs> that's on them. And so you're learning to shut up. And in that time, like you said, kind of look through and say, okay, God, what do you need me to hear? Holy Spirit, guide this. And then in that, who knows where it goes. Right. And when you see those little opportunities where the door cracks open, and I've, I've talked about this uh, with you let something go by, that door cracks open, now I kick, out, I kick that door open. You're going to open it up a little bit. If I hear something that you say 
and I know that's something I can I could get in there with and start building that relationship, find that common denominator, I'm kicking that door in and, I, and, and I'll do it. Because before I was too passive, like, uh, yeah, yeah. And you go home, you're like, oh, that's a missed opportunity. You know, yeah. and now, oh man, what if, right? And so now I don't, I don't let those opportunities go by. You but this can't. is art too. This isn't science because it's like you say that, but you also you're, you're going to let some things go by based on what the relationship. is. Mm-hmm. Some relationships you need to get alongside the person, yep. and some people you need to get in their face, right? Mm-hmm. You're like you're asking the guy, so which one were you? Hurt, abandoned, yeah. right? Like now, now that's a little more aggressive. That was a very uh, but there was a long yeah. buildup to that too. Yep. Right, you don't open with that day one. No, right, like that's not where you do. No. And it's him pursuing that part of the relationship, coming down the ladder, talking to you, right? But then there's other times this guy's talking about like hanging himself in a tree and breaking and so forth, and you're you're not pushing on him about certain things. You're just here, and this is what again, this is why you need to be in this praying to the spirit, right? Because what is it right now, right? And like that's, but if it's a real relationship, it's okay because it's gonna work out you know and you'd be amazed um i'm amazed by you know they say hey guys don't talk that's crap they will talk they will talk i've had 62 year old men saying that they were uh sexually abused by men in the neighborhood they were you know and just go through it just you know this is you know these guys are even saying you know just opening up i mean just I didn't really kick the door open there. It just kind of flung open on me, right? Right. And, you know, guys going through divorces, you know, and just start dumping, you know. And what do you do with that? You pray in your head right then and there. And because, uh, you know, these things come up, you know, and they will come up. When you are in this, um, this realm on the job site, and you're doing this kind of work, you have to expect to be afflicted. You have to be, you have to expect to be wronged. Okay. And that's okay. You need that because what that does is that puts you in a position to forgive. Hmm. That gives you a position to give grace where in my field, it's all about pointing the finger, this guy screwed up. Look at the print. What are you, you have two bowls of stupid for breakfast this morning? What's wrong with you? I right. mean, you know, this is how we talk. This is how it is. It's all about pointing the finger. So when you're in this, you have wow. to be expected. You have to expect to be wronged because you gives you a more powerful position to forgive, right? So that's what you know, we were forgiven, right? We were shown grace when we were not lovable. Yep. So there makes you more spiritually attractive. That makes your outreach stronger. If we can get our ego out of the way, right? And that's that's what I see there. It's like, you know, you are... I mean, Jake, that's, that's a lot of humility. Right, that's learning to you know not think less of yourself, but think of yourself less often. Right, mm. and, and and to be able to, you know, be able to say, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get wronged. That's part of this. Mm-hmm. To think about in our workplace, of course, you're going to experience affliction. You know, I think a lot of us are missing that. You know, I think a lot of us. When we experience affliction, we might be going, why is this happening? I didn't deserve this. I did my job. I did the thing that I was supposed to. <laughs> and how different do you approach that situation when you go, of course it's going to happen. Yeah. You know, that's one of the things like when I listen to these different podcasts, one that, you know, one of the Navy SEAL guys that I listen to, um, he talks about like, he goes, we just know we want to be highly adaptable, right? And so we know it's not going to work the way we thought it was. That's right. Right, and so that's when we have this core idea of the you know the, the mission, and the rest of it's just adapting. And I mean, think about that for you as a guy. Like, if you walked into work and go, "Of course, something's going to get screwed up." I know leading years of youth trips, 
Like it wasn't <laughs> like, is something gonna go wrong? It's just like when and how much. Yeah. You know, and exactly. like and I'm I'm glad I've gotten to have that experience, right? You know, like so now when I'm doing a road trip with my kids, I go, Of course we have to do a bathroom break forty minutes after we did the first one. <laughs> That's what happens, right? And if we get it if we get three hours in, I mean I'm like excited. You're like, right. Oh my god, we did hundred and fifty miles. Good job, everyone. Here's some <laughs> drinks, you know. But anyways, I mean that's just again a perspective change. It of is. course, yeah. something's going to go wrong, and when that happens, that's God giving me an opportunity either right. to repent, own up, or to say to someone, "I get it, man. We all made mistakes. We've all screwed up. You're forgiven. Nope. Yeah, let's Move just on. make it right." Let's move on. And the great, great what a little. different temperature than on, a, especially in a trades job. You know, I'm sure in corporate world it's more passive aggressive. You know, and there's like a TPS report that gets filed <laughs> over it or whatever. But in that, you know, it, it's like when you're the guy who says, "Yeah, I'm helping you fix this mess that you made, and it's okay because I've made them too." Right. Credibility. Right. Through the roof. And 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 when someone has a good idea, you know, let your ups know. Hey, this is their idea. Now, ultimately, I always play my job sites like like poker. Okay, ultimately, the say is mine, but whoever's got the best hand, we're playing it. You know, I obviously will miss something. Yep. You know, and I've get you know, um, I've put schedules together on deadlines, and before I submit that, I'll go to my crew. Hey guys, where where where, where do you the think hole? where where do you think we're at with this? Let's just think about this real quick. Because I value their talent, I value their time, and I value their profession. So I value my men, you know, as as much as I, much as I can. You know, some have more value than others. Some people just have, you know, talents other than those. And and before I submit it, I'll go to my crew, and say, hey, and then I'll take that information, and combine it with some of the stuff that I know that they don't, and then I'll submit it. And it's like, rather than just me, it's like, look at, I can't do this without them. And they know that. Yeah. So I've got to be responsible for them, but I would never make a, a schedule on my own without at least talking to them because they're the ones doing the work. They're, those are my eyes and ears. So once they see that value, again, you're building that relationship. So the book, as marketplace missionaries, where will your coworkers spend their eternity? It's available by Tom Darby. It does not exist on Amazon. You actually just need to Google this and you, you do the transaction through PayPal. So maybe he's like a cryptocurrency guy or something like that. Who knows? But um, here's a, something I want everyone to think about. The church in America in decline. All right, you know, churches grow typically because Christians leave one church and they go to another church, you mm -hmm. know, and that's that's basically most of why churches are growing right now. COVID has accelerated a lot of these things that the church is experiencing, right? A lot of the times it used to be people had a church background, and you've bumped into this with some of the people that you've talked to, mm -hmm. right? You know, there's a, you know, Catholic, Lutheran, you know, Methodist, whatever that. But now there's a demographic called the nuns, right? They have no church background because there has been a generation of people who just didn't bring their kids to church all right um, we as the followers of Jesus you gotta like you say God has me here for a reason in this book he talks about you spend a third of your life at work a third of your waking hours okay and so for you as people watching this to consider maybe you've never even thought about this but where you're placed is maybe where you need to start to figure out, God, where, where are you opening some doors? And here's the beauty. Like you've said, I don't, I'm not making them believe in Jesus. That's, that's the Holy Spirit. Be nice, be kind, and care for people. And you just start there. And then, you know, as you've said, you know, just let God do the rest here. To think about your your places that you have been put into as an area of where you could be the person who brings the good news of Jesus. If we do that, your perspective changes, as yours did, right? And now, the job that you didn't like 
that we, you know, was a frustration and a thorn in your side is now a place you love to go. And not one thing changed, but just how you see it. Yep. And consequently, um, not too far, actually, this was a few months ago, um, I got put in an, an, on a job right in my wheelhouse. <laughs> go figure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, it, you know, it's a trim job. It was, you know, nice. It's, uh, it was challenging, of course, but, um, you know, again, you know, who do we serve? Yeah. And the cool thing is now, like, if you get stuck in an outdoor rough job in the future, you probably learn that God's doing something for a reason. And even in those, those uh, this past winter, you know, I was out there in zero, you know, single digits. Yep. And 60 feet in the air on booms. And yeah, I had, uh, I had to go get better gear because um, I haven't done that over. And through the, even that time, you know, I said, listen, you know, I, I got to take the excuses away, right? And that's my job as, as, a, as a foreman is for people who work for us is our job is to take their excuses away. Yeah. All right. So, you, well, this is your excuse. Great. Now what? No, that was okay. Now this. So take my own excuses away. Hey, it's cold. All right. Well, what can we do to stay warm? And I'm up there doing the work that nobody else wants to do. The owner pulls up, sees me up in a boom, single digits. Yeah. You know, not complaining. Just get it. it just, just my job is to make him happy. Now, what I appreciate about what Tom says here is basically, and, and there needed to be, there needs to be help. Because I think like once we start thinking spiritually, about people, we freeze up and we forget that we just need to generally be normal humans to them. One guy explained, he goes, you know, your neighbor comes over to borrow the lawnmower and you don't have to talk to him about, do you know where you're going to spend eternity and all these, <laughs> you don't have to ask him all these spiritual questions. Just give the dude your lawnmower, right? And so in this, you know, he talks about, you know, loving some, my neighbor as myself. He talks about, you know, being kind to that person and caring about them, Okay. So part one of the equation is that, and that's how you build a relationship so that you get street cred. But on the same hand, sometimes God's asking you and I to be the one to, to take that conversation into the realm of eternity, mm -hmm. to have that. That's not every time, that's not every person you meet, but again, this is why this is art and this is relying on the Holy Spirit. So like for you, Jake, it, like how do you take it to the point of talking about eternity? And if so, what's this like? Yeah, yeah, you definitely, you definitely will get into these conversations, which is the real meat and potatoes is really why you're there. Um, yeah, we kind of cover some generalizations. Um, and oddly enough, something that had really sharpened my sword with learning the Bible is in children's ministry. You know, when you tell the kids all these stories, well, you had to read these stories and now you got to explain it to a yeah. younger generation. And that really honed and gave me a lot of practice for over the years, you know, going through children's ministry and learning this, it just made it so much easier to talk to people. Okay on the job site. Well, I've already done it every Sunday for <laughs> how many years? What's the difference here? There is no difference. And, but yeah, you do have to, you do have to discern what conversation you just go in. You know, you have to read that person, read where they're at, if they're, you know, receptive to it, if they're not receptive to it, if they're not, you just kind of back off and just kind of throw some crumbs out there. If they're a sponge, dive in, dive in with both feet, you know, cause you don't know where they're at. You don't know the tipping point of where they're at in their life. You know, I've had guys just break down, hmm. you know, I've never heard this before, you know, you know, and you know, people say, well, you're just here to, you know, show me my faults. I said, well, that's, you know, John three seventeen, dude. Yeah. Well, what do you mean, John? You mean through John three sixteen? No, 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 no. No, let's talk about the next verse. The next one is Jesus did not come here to condemn. Dem he came here to save. save. Yeah. So, right. you know, and you're not here to change people. We're here to walk with you. And once they see that, 
he's like, look at dude, we're, 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 we're going toward the same place here. And you know, you're my brother. You're not that heavy. I'll help you. Let's go. You know, you, once they understand that, and that's that, that's that relationship again, you've got to, you've got to build that, build that quick yeah. and, and, and just jump in with both feet. Well, and, and this is something as followers of Jesus, we just got to learn how to navigate because you obviously you want to be a good person. You want to love people well, but that's only part of it, you know, and, and, and the frustration side that I have is that, you know, telling others about Jesus, it, there's a lot of ways it's gotten screwed up, but the, the guy who walks around the office and scowls at everyone, but he, has, he hosts a lunchtime Bible study. And one time he asked you to go to that lunchtime Bible study and you didn't go, and that guy's never talked to you ever since that day, right? It's like, that's the side of this where it gets into the negative realm. But because of that, you know, you, I can overcompensate and say, well, I'm just gonna be a really nice guy to everyone then. But on the same hand, are you ever going to invite someone into a Bible study? You're going to ever invite them into that conversation that needs to be had. I remember one time years ago, real friendship. And I think I think I handled it well, which rarely do I in these conversations. But God laid some things on my heart. And I told the guy, I said, I want to talk to you about you know, a faith life. And I don't want this to ruin the friendship afterwards. Mm-hmm. But on the same hand... And I also don't know what you believe, so you might believe some of these things. And so I don't want to make the assumption that you don't, because I think that's been a screw up. You know, people, you know, handle it that way. And I go, so can I just, before I tell you a couple of things, I just want to ask you some things. And, and then I was able to learn, and then I wanted to talk to him about sin separating me from God, mm-hmm. Jesus coming to bridge that gap, and because of that, the promise of John three sixteen. That right. I'll have eternity with him, right? Like all those things, and um, and so again, we're holding this together here. Going, okay, build a real relationship. And you, it's in a transient environment. It's different people, different times. You know, it's not. I work in the same cubicle for twenty years with the person because that has right. a different value and that has a different way of getting played out. Mm-hmm. And then on the same hand, saying, and at certain times, I just need to go for the jugular. And God's right. going to tell me when to do that, and I. You will definitely, you will definitely know when that happens. You will, you will feel it. The Holy Spirit will. I'm telling you, you will, you will know when that happens. And that's what fueled Tom writing. And that's what fueled Tom writing this book. Yeah. Is because he felt that knocking on his heart. A guy asked him. He, he the guy basically asked him like, "How do I become a follower of Jesus?" Yeah. They're on a lunchtime thing. He said, can we talk about this later? And the guy said, oh, yeah, of course. 20 minutes turned into the whole day. They couldn't get together that day. And that night, that dude died of a heart attack. Yeah. And for the next four or five days that Tom talked about, he went through a lot of anguish because, you know, that jugular conversation was sitting there and he didn't have it. Yeah. And we don't know the guy could have been a believer. Like, there's, you know... But Tom didn't know. Right. Right after that. You know, and so the guy ends up writing a book that I think is gonna be very helpful for a lot of people. Yeah, and that's that's that that's that door cracking open that I was talking about. You know, you get that opportunity, don't let it pass. Yep. You know, and, and one of the things I was I was telling Corey was you know, now I'm to that point where it's like that last scene in Schindler's list where Liam Nielsen is starting to realize I could have done more, right? Here, take these cufflinks. This could have given you 10 more lives. Take, take this pin, right? And he's starting to have that, that dawning moment of he could have done more. Now I look back at how much time I wasted on all these job sites just trying to maintain a job, you know, trying to get in. Hey, you just got to you know, be nice to this form and, you know, maybe you'll, you won't make the list, right? And, and... I could have all those times that these guys were hurting and going through stuff. I wasn't there for them because I was just trying to get through it. So now it's not about getting through it. <laughs> we're going to get through it. He's our savior. He's our, fulfills every need. And now it's just like, uh, you know, there's a, a old, it's older, 
old song from the 80s, Imperials, a Christian rock group way back in the 80s, which I'm sure you, you don't remember. Um, you know, you know, now there's a song that says, just tell me what I can do for you now, Lord. You know, just what can I do? You know, I'm your servant. And just look for those opportunities to meet up with people. It will happen. Okay, very cool. God, thanks for stopping by and listening. I'm glad I heard that um, on the YouTube. First of all, I'm going to ask that you smash our subscribe button, right? Because that's how the, the young kids say it. Give us a <laughs> thumbs up emoticon or whatever it is that Mark Zuckerberg needs you to do today. And then also, if it we're available on the different podcast platforms for you, we'll be able to listen to that. And especially to you men who are listening, I know there's a lot of women who watch this, so welcome, ladies. But also you, for you guys, we really hope that you what you heard today would be something that say, I'm glad I heard that. And I know just, just talking to so many men over the years, um, to have a perspective change at their work, to see it as a mission field in this very natural way, I'm, I really think this will be a great encouragement for a lot of people. Jake, thank you for telling me about the Marketplace Missionaries. Where Will Your Coworkers Spend Eternity by Tom Darby. And thank you for hounding me to have this conversation because once I read this book, I go, oh, that's why this has been so life-changing. And thanks for being transparent with us. I appreciate it and thank you. Have a great day. You too.